Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. In today's show, we're getting into the other side of low sex drive, the guy's side. The amazing Dr. Ian Kerner is calling into the show to provide a little insight on men and mismatched libidos. If you don't know who Ian Kerner is, well, you're in for a treat. Enjoy the show. Oh, we're also answering emails. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and Menace is here. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but holiday shopping time is here again. I know, it's so stressful trying to find the perfect gifts for everyone you love. Just thinking about it makes me anxious. But let me let you in on a little secret. You know who should be at the top of your list? You. And nothing says I love me more than gifting yourself with the Magic Wand Rechargeable. I've said it before, but the Magic Wand was part of my life long before it was part of my show. Now it's time to make it part of your life too. For more than 30 years, the Magic Wand has been the trusted massager that women around the world reach for first. Time Magazine even selected it as one of the top 10 most influential gadgets of all time. The Magic Wand Rechargeable delivers all the power of the corded version, plus the convenience of being completely cordless. The full-size design makes it incredibly comfortable to use and offers four intensity levels and four great vibration patterns. So put the Magic Wand Rechargeable at the top of your self-love shopping list and maybe get one for your BFF while you're in the giving mood. To order yours today, visit magicwandoriginal.com or click the Magic Wand banner on my site. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. The women know about shrinkage. Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. Listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex relationships and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where we make it so easy for you to become part of the Sex with Emily family. Because you know I love staying connected with you. And now it's easier than ever because if you go to the website, you can easily subscribe to the podcast, which we really like encourage you. We need you to do it. We love you to do it. It helps mm. menaces here. Uh, helps with the rankings on iTunes, it helps yeah. with more listeners. And we just, I want to do the show forever. Like I want to be doing the show from my, nearly from my grave. <laughs> um, and I want to do it five days a week if I could. Um, so just subscribe to it. It literally, it doesn't even mean that you have to, it doesn't even, you, just, you know, you subscribe. It just means you get the show yeah. onto your phone or wherever. Okay. Also follow us yeah. on all social media. It's all at sex with Emily across the board. And um, yeah, man, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. How have you been? What's going on? Oh God, so many things. I'm excited yeah. for the holidays. Yeah, I've had Didn't an awesome year. Did you see your mom recently? I yeah. Oh my God. So, dude, my yeah. mom was here. Mm -hmm. Yes. So my mom, who's hardcore, she's just like Emily. <laughs> get this. So I've been talking about moving for yeah. a while, right? Yeah, quite a while, almost a year now. Right. I think. So I moved to LA and I moved into this mm. cute little little place, like yeah. you know, four hundred tiny little square, bungalow. Tiny little bungalow. Bungalow makes it sound. It is a bungalow, yeah. but it's very small and it's, um, and I like it, but it's just, it has some quirks and point is I've been talking about moving, but I'm really busy and I, and I get overwhelmed with the moving and the LA is mm -hmm. not such an easy place to look around. So my mom gets to town and she says, Emily from Michigan, she's like, Emily, we're doing it. 
tomorrow morning, she was this the first night, I want you to have mm-hmm. six places for us to look at. Yeah. So I did. I found all these places. We raced around town. Long story short, last night I moved into my new place. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, totally. No way. She made it happen. Yep, I did. It's um a much it's a, it's a new, I've never had like a night like you know. Uh-huh. For the last 11 years, it's all about the business. So we got new offices. We do all this stuff. But on my own, I'm like, I'm saving. I'm saving, you know. But I really feel like I need to just have a place that was, like, you know, built in this century. (laughs) And um, that had, like, you know, washer dryer, like a new sink. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's gorgeous. It's two bedrooms. And so much Hollywood, two bathrooms. It's it's nice. I just moved it less up there for the first time. That's great. So my mom was, like, hardcore. My mom is, like, me. Like, she's fun and light. But she's not, like, neurotic or ADD. She just really is, like, focus, focus, focus. She executes So, But we had a great time, too. We also. I went out to a lot of dinners and we shopped and found myself an apartment. That's so awesome. that was great. And yeah, so we've been, um, you see our office with the holiday. I've never I know, had a Christmas it's tree. It's all decked out. I know, decked the halls with, uh, yeah, sex with families with cockballs. Uh, yeah, yeah there. I did notice that there is a dildo with a a bow on it outside. Yes, of course. Yeah, but it's very. It's very festive. Uh, it's very festive. It's awesome. I know. So we've been I doing a lot it. of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Check out if you haven't, our Instagram and our Snapchat. We did a really fun sex with Emily uh, holiday video the other day that we shot that you're gonna love. It's also maybe on YouTube, our website, all over. But it was fun and. Um, it's been a great year, I gotta say. Like I, uh, very grateful for this year. What are you up to these holidays? Is life? Uh, holidays, life's great. Just uh, busy, 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 constantly. Um, uh, I am gonna go to San Francisco for a few days, and then I'm getting on a plane going to Florida. Gonna be in Florida, and then I'm getting on a ship, and then I'm gonna go to Puerto Rico, Haiti, uh, Saint Martin. Oh my god! And, Just for fun, right? Yeah. Where else am I going? Going some another place. I don't remember. Okay. So but yeah. Just the two of you, right? Like a, yeah, like yeah, a real yeah. trip, but not like you're not going to bring yeah. your whole like Woody crew. No, no. no. I mean, I'm sure they'd love to come. Where else am I? I can't even remember. Okay, but that's but good. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. You don't travel enough. Are you know, racking right? up miles and stuff? <laughs> I, I'm trying, but uh, I mean, I travel so much that I already like spend them. You know? Okay. Like anytime I get time off, but uh, I want to thank everybody because. Uh, I keep on running into uh, Sex Emily listeners that are also listening to the Woody Show. It's great. I just ran into uh, these two ladies uh, just Friday at a Woody Show event, and they said, "Oh, I listen to Sex Emily, so it was Aww. great." I love- they all love you. How come I? Don't, you know, you're out more than I am. I think when I do mm-hmm. go out, I run into some listeners, but not always. But you yeah. are everywhere. And I try. If I'm out, people have emailed me and said, "Oh, I saw you. I didn't want to say hi. Come mm-hmm. say hi." Like I love. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I love. You. No, it's fine. Um, speaking of San Francisco, and you're going there. I mm-hmm. this brings me right to our sex of the news because right. I'm kind of pissed. What? So every year they do this report, and this mm-hmm. one, the ten best and worst U.S. cities for singles. Oh, okay. Okay. Getting hit with Cupid Zero is part willingness mm-hmm. and part geography. With 109 million or so single single adults in the U.S. As of 2005, per the latest census, finding the right place to settle down in both the geographical and romantic sense can be a challenge. So they looked at key indicators and they rated the, the city. So it includes uh-huh. how much restaurants and other activities cost, unemployment rates, online dating opportunities. In the 150 most populated U.S. cities, guess what's number one? What? San Francisco. What? To, to be single. It's the number one yeah. city to be single. Oh, no. I was there for 20 years, and it was always, like, not even on the list. What? I move, and everyone's getting laid and sing- and, and partying up. 
See? Pisses me off. Because you're hogging everybody to yourself. I slept with everybody and I left. <laughs> that's why everyone's available now. So that's another truism. <laughs> uh, oh, I thought you were going to bring up, there was this other study that just came out too. It was about all the cities across the country. And the cities that are having the most sex, well, females, St. Louis, Missouri. Really? The Midwest. The Midwest, they're like banging like crazy in St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. Which is I do, nuts. You love the Midwest. I, I, I do. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I'm on the radio in St. Louis, by the way. Oh. Alt 104.9. This is how I know this. Right. Of course. Alt 104.9 with the Woody Show, 6 to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. So if Killing you it. happen to be in that area or know somebody, please call them up and tell them to listen. Yeah. But tell- that's that's how I got this information. That's crazy. That and is then, crazy. Uh, San Francisco... Was even high on the, that high on the list. There was like this top ten. And it was all really? these random. So maybe it's places. just a great town to be single, but mm-hmm. they're not having as much sex as the people yeah. in Missouri. So here's just so you know, real quick, if you're like, well, what was number two? What was number mm-hmm. three? I'll just tell you that it was number one was San, best cities was number San Francisco, mm-hmm. two Orlando, Florida, three Seattle, four San Diego, five Boston, six Austin, Texas, seven Las Vegas, eight Phoenix, nine Miami, ten Los Angeles. Wow. So 10, the 10th best city. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of cities in America. Right. Do you want to hear the worst? <laughs> Just real quickly. I don't yeah, have to yeah, run yeah. all of them. But the worst, number one worst is Brownsville, Texas. Oh, number no. two, Hialeah, Florida. You see, these are places I haven't heard of, so I just don't oh, know. Oh, I heard they're... of uh, Hialeah. Brownsville. Okay, Yonkers, New York. Yonkers, what? Yonkers, uh, Moreno Valley, California. Okay, the 10th worst city is Greensboro, North Carolina. So I just had to bring up that San Francisco thing because it kind of made me feel like I remember 10 years ago when we started, it was always like the worst. Like, not just yeah. did everyone else, because everyone always says wherever they live is the worst, but it literally came out that it wasn't easy. Uh-huh. But now it is. Number one. It's fine. I'm cool with that. We're gone now. <laughs> Whatever's. Okay, guys, I'm beyond excited for you to meet someone I greatly admire and who's likely going to change the way you go down, if you know what I mean. Okay, but first, some background before I get into this amazing person. Past few months, we've done a few shows about mismatched libidos, and there's a reason for it, and that's because it's a huge issue for couples, and no one knows what the hell to do about it. In fact, I kind of feel it's like the issue. So we did a show, we talked to Stanford expert, Dr. Leah Milheiser, with the show's called Make Your Libido Great Again. We talked about the rise in sexual desire issues for women, and she gave real tips to improve low libido. We also did a show called Married Sex But Better with Pam Costa, and this really resonated with all of you because Pam is so cool because she just got really personal about her struggles. Um, She went really in-depth about, you know, how she overcame her low libido. Okay, so today's show... We're focusing on the other side of the equation, the male side. So we tend to think of low libido as mostly a female issue and not a lot of insight into what it feels like for men to have a partner with low libido, but also what happens when a guy has a low libido. Hey, that happens too. So this is who we're talking to today. I'm so excited. Dr. Ian Kerner, he's a PhD and licensed marriage and family therapist, a sexual health columnist for CNN and Prevention Magazine, and best-selling author of She Comes First, The Thinking Man's Guide to Pleasuring a Woman. Now, I've talked about this on the show a bunch over the years. It came out in 2004, so like a year before I started the show. And still, all these years later, it's all the rage because it's literally the Bible for any man who wants to truly understand how to please a woman. A lot about oral sex. It's just like a must-read. The details are specific. If you even just read two pages, I promise your oral sex skills will improve. But 
Um, oh, if you want to know about this book too, I think we put, we put a link on our site, read the Amazon reviews, and you can also look for the She Comes First banner on my site um, or click on books under the shop with Emily tab. But we're not going to get into that today. We might talk a little bit about She Comes First. I can't help it. But really, he's also seen so many couples struggle with uh, mismatched libidos, and he's got some great insights, and I'm excited to talk to him. Hello. Hey, Ian. Thanks for calling in. Uh, my pleasure, Emily. I'm so happy to talk to you. I want you to know, I don't know if I've told you this or not, but I was reminiscing about... This is not the part that I talked about earlier, but I was reminiscing that I was such a fan. When I first started 11 years ago, my show, everything I read, like, you know, any sex article, sex and relationship article, whether it be like in a magazine or, you know, online, it was always Ian Kerner, Ian Kerner. I was like, wow, this guy, maybe one day, like I can meet Ian Kerner, or be quoted somewhere, you know, and I just, I've always been a huge fan of your work. And then we actually got to meet and have lunch. And now I consider you a friend and colleague and... I don't know. You're just, you just, you've done such amazing work. And I know that one of your, you know, she comes first, like is a Bible. I was just, that's what I was glowing about for men. I'm just like, if a guy hasn't read that, I almost feel like, okay, it's called she comes first, the thinking man's guide to pleasuring a woman. And I just feel like I get all these calls and emails about oral sex. And I should just, instead of just getting into the details, I should just say buy Ian's book from now on. Cause I say it sometimes, but like, you know, people want to hear the details, but your book was so after, even after you published in 2004, right? Yeah, it was a while ago now. It's almost uh, 13 years that it's been out. But it's still the best. <laughs> I, you know, that, that book is the little book that just, you know, keeps on going and, and keeps on giving. I wrote it uh, from such a sincere place in my heart. And, um, you know, it was more than just about oral sex or sexual literacy. It was really a whole philosophy about men respecting and understanding female pleasure and female sexual anatomy. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm amazed at how the book is continues to be received. Um, you know, it, it, it has never dropped, I think, below the top five and on Amazon in the sex category since it's come out. And, uh, it just has its own little magic to it, and I'm I'm truly grateful. Yeah, no, and I, I'm grateful because I can't tell you. Well, all the women in the world are grateful. No, because it's really there's so many guys I've talked to who just said, "Well, I read She Comes First. She comes," and sometimes I just say it on the show. I'm like, you know, she comes first. It's just become part of like the, you know. Well, you know, it's funny. Did you ever, you know, there's this writer Milan Kundera who wrote the yes. book Unbearable Lightness of Being, mm-hmm. and so he has said. If I could title every book of mine The Unbearable Lightness of Being, I would, because it's just my favorite title and my favorite book, and I really feel that way about She Comes First. Yeah, it's just interesting because there's been, and we'll get, we got got so much to talk about today. I know you have a short time, but it's just interesting because there's a lot of other books people, you know, have written about sex and pleasing women, but this one, like, you just go into such great detail. I mean, it truly is like a Bible for men, the way you break it down. And I was saying, like, even people could just, even if you just read, like, three pages in depth, you'd learn, believe me, you'd, like, up your game by 20%. Read the whole book, you know? So what was the, what's the one thing, if there's anything from that that you think, if there is one or two things that just people have told you just really resonated for them? Well, you know, I think, you know, for men and women, really moving from uh, an intercourse paradigm or what I call the intercourse discourse, believing that, you know, 
Um, intercourse has to be the center of your sexual menu and moving from intercourse to outer course, you know, really embracing clitoral stimulation and manual stimulation of the clitoris and oral stimulation of the clitoris. And so not only placing the clitoris at the center of sex between um, two partners, but also liberating men from the anxiety of their penises. Right. Whether it's the size of the penis or how long they're going to last or if they're going to be able to maintain an erection. So I think the kind of the reason She Comes First has stayed popular is because it really helps people to relax, enjoy sex, and get rid of so many of the anxieties um, that are sort of embedded in intercourse. Right. Because they, they have such a, because this way they're actually get out of their head. They realize that they're actually succeeding. They're like, oh, I can do this. I can please her. And then they automatically just kind of their anxiety level goes down. They feel more in control. And it's like a feedback. Absolutely. Loop. Right. Absolutely. For so many men, it is just the, um, really the pleasure of giving pleasure as right. opposed to receiving pleasure. Exactly. And, uh, so, so I think you. it just, you know, speaks to, to sexual um, authenticity. And, you know, when I was early working on the book, um, I, I came up with the phrase, I came across it, I came up with it, but the, the phrase, Viva la Vulva. And <laughs> I think Betty Dodson actually used it first, but I heard Sounds that like phrase, a... Viva la Vulva. And I was like, that's it. That's the spirit of this book, right. Viva la Vulva. And every sentence I wanted to infused with that sort of enthusiasm and exuberance. I want a t-shirt that that's that's what I did. with a Volvo right now. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Um, okay, well, Ian... I have to send you the original <laughs> yoga shirt that says think outside her box on the back. Oh my god, Ian! Yes, please! And I'll send you a Sex with Emily t-shirt that says I had sex with Emily and all I got was this t-shirt. I mean, it's not as great. <laughs> As yours, but I will send you. Well, my wife will appreciate. Yeah, exactly. She'll know we just had you know <laughs> sex on the radio. Okay, but Ian, this is what I want to talk to you about today because you are an expert in so many things, and I know you've been a marriage family therapist, and you see a lot of couples. I talked about your background, but you do see a lot of couples, and you help them handle intimacy issues, mismatched libidos, and I feel like a lot of what you probably deal with is our intimacy issues. But like, how often do you see? I hate this question is so people ask me this all the time, but really like, what is the one reason if there is any couples come to see you? Like, I'm going to say a lot of it has to do with intimacy and libidos. What about from your perspective? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say the number one issue that couples come to me with is desire discrepancy. So one partner in the relationship is more interested in sex than the other partner is. And I think, you know, stereotypically you would think, oh, the, you know, amped up sex charged guy and the sort of the woman he's trying to avoid. And, you know, certainly I do see a lot of, you know, mismatched libidoed couples where the guy does have more desire. But oftentimes I also see women who have more desire than their male partners. But I would say finding that balance. Right. Um, in sexual desire is the number one issue I yeah. deal with. Yeah, I, that's right. I mean, we, yeah, so that is kind of mismatched libidos, right? Desire discrepancy. Yeah. 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 I like that way um, of saying it. I that, was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tends to be um, 
Yes, that tends to be the number one issue. And then you start to get into different issues like in men, erectile disorder, premature ejaculation, different kinds of erotic conflicts in women, inability to really get aroused, you know, sometimes painful sex, orgasm issues, sex after infidelity, sex after trauma. But for the mainstream sort of average couple coming to see me, it's desire discrepancy. Yes, absolutely. Like I just left, I was saying everywhere I go, I just came back from a dermatologist appointment. She's like, oh, Emily, I've been wanting to talk to you. You know, it's like, you get this too. Wherever you go, that is the issue. And I was saying, we've done a lot of shows on this in the last few weeks from female perspectives. Um, Dr. Leah Milheiser called in and we had another woman on the show who had gone through a lot of stuff and to, you know, increase her libido. Um, but I'm wondering from your perspective, like, you know, how, like what percentage of couples actually like overcome it? And like, how do you, I guess, what's your strategy and how do they overcome it? Do they overcome it? That's three questions. Um, Yeah. Well, first of all, all the couples that come to see me, um, I would say I have a very high uh, success rate. Um, I really try and um, give every, I see couples every other week. I really try and give them homework that's really custom designed uh, to their situation. Um, You know, I do a lot of psychoeducation. Um, I think um, with, um, you know, desire discrepancy, I think one of the huge challenges is that men and women very often experience desire differently and that men will experience spontaneous desire. Uh, You know, they could just see their their, you know, wife or their girlfriend getting out of the shower and they are thinking sex and ready to have sex. And men often get the gift of spontaneous desire and that it comes so easily. Um, and many women, especially as they're in long-term relationships, science has shown that they experience responsive desire, meaning desire doesn't come first and then lead to sex, that some kind of arousal leads into desire. And right. so for couples that are frustrated about why they're not having sex and for men who feel like, man, it's like I step up and pitch all the time and I'm just like, or I'm stepping up to bat all the time and I'm just striking out and I'm feeling rejected and why doesn't she ever pursue? And then I talk to the female partner and she's like, yeah, I don't know what's exactly wrong with me. I'm, I like sex. I'm attracted to my partner. I just don't want sex. I really try and move them from a spontaneous desire paradigm to a responsive desire paradigm and to embrace the idea of creating arousal in advance of expecting desire. And um, so, for example, I have a little exercise that I do with couples for homework. I tell them, you know, after giving them a little psychoeducation, that the most important thing that you need to have leaving my office is the willingness to generate the arousal that may or may not lead to desire. I'm not interested in whether or not you're going to have sex. I'm just interested in whether or not you have the willingness to generate the arousal that in all likelihood will lead to responsive desire. I call this exercise a willingness window, and I tell them to do it for 15 minutes, two or three times a week. And then, of course, they're like, uh, okay, well, what are we going to do in that willingness window? And, um, you know, then it becomes creative. I've had couples who, you know, they really want to, like, kiss and make out again, like teenagers, or, like, enjoy just, like, that sort of above-the-waist fooling around. Right. Sometimes they want to, like, 
massage. I had one couple, they used to love wrestling each other. And so they wanted to like have a wrestling match with each other. Uh Um, Sometimes couples really want to focus more on like a brain-based kind of arousal. So it could be reading erotica, watching some porn together. I try and steer my couples towards ethical porn um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the free stuff. But Mm -hmm. I give them this exercise and Again, the goal is not to have sex. It just becomes an exercise in generating arousal, and I gradually move them into that responsive desire arousal generating model, and sometimes that's all I need to do. And then they just get used to it, and then they have a new way of sort of talking about sex, approaching sex, courting each other around sex. Right. So they find what kind of – so let's say they go home, they do their homework 15 minutes, and they decide that they want to give each other massages. They get turned on. And so so now you're saying they have that information now to think, okay, when he gets out of the shower and she's like – you know, he's ready to go, and she's like, I'm looking for my leave-in conditioner right now, and I got to go to work. Like that's what I'm thinking if a guy wants to have sex. I'm like, I'm getting ready. <laughs> but but um, right. right? So they're like, okay, this way – he's not feeling rejected, but he understands and she understands, no, we have to do a little bit of this beforehand. We've got to do whatever it is, if it's the talking or the reading erotica, right? Like kind of implement yeah, that, make that yeah, part Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that I would add, Emily, is that I try and give them an activity that they're going to find a little exciting too. Like I mean, look, Tell sex me. is sexy. Sex is arousing. So many couples are like, when I talk about, if, if the idea of massage comes up, they're like, we already do that. We already cuddle. Right. We already exactly. have all the affection. So it's not just about physically connecting and being intimate or securing your attachment. It's doing something that's like uh, kind of sexy and titillating and arousing. Give an example. Like besides the porn, if they're already doing that, or besides the, like, I'm just trying to understand how, I mean, I understand the responsive desire. Like I, I get it, but I'm trying to think of like, if people are listening and they're saying, yeah, we do that. It's kind of like rewiring the way that they couples connect. So I'm just so you give them this act, and obviously it's very successful for your couples. But like, like they do it a few times a week. It just starts to become part of their routine, right? Because you're having them do it three minutes, three times a week, fifteen minutes is probably more than they were even having yeah. sex before. So yeah, it's I mean kind that's, of only, that's only one exercise. And the thing that's really neat about that exercise is I'm asking them sort of to not have sex or I'm telling them not to worry about sex. So for a lot of people that have, you know, desire discrepant relationships, it's not just the sex that's stopping them. It's the anxiety around sex or the pressure around sex. So when I give them this exercise and I'm like, listen, I actually am not, I'm asking you not to have sex. I'm actually Mm -hmm. maybe even giving you a rule because you both are so fraught and there's so (laughs) much anxiety. So don't have sex. Yeah, take and sex then if off the table. Tell a couple not to have sex. Right. They have sex. Exactly. Right. No, I love this. I've said, yeah, I've said that to couples too. Like for one month, just rediscover each other's bodies. So, I can see how that works. And they're also coming to see over your other week, which is which is great. Um, and I know you've had a lot of success with this. And I want to know though. Okay, so my other thing I want to talk to you about because I said we've talked to a lot of women. I want to talk about like men and their libidos because. Just like you opened up with, I believed when I started this that it was always about men, like, you know, wanted sex all the time and women had a headache and, you know, pushing them away. But, hey, you know, guys, I hear from so many women, they're like, my partner just doesn't want it. So is there any, like, causes for men you think that are a little bit different than women? Or how would you describe it? I mean, I think that libido is tied into a number of factors. So there's 
uh, health factors at play. Um, there's diet and exercise factors. There is lifestyle factors at play. There are relational factors at play. You could be angry at your partner. You mm -hmm. could be um, bored with your partner. I do find that men derive a lot of their self-esteem and sexual self-esteem is tied to overall self-esteem. I do find that a lot of men derive their kind of their sexual self-esteem from things outside of the relationship sometimes, like how they're doing at work right. and the kind of validation or affirmation that they're getting out in the world. So I have seen that like when men lose a job or men are going through some sort of transition or men feel stuck, um, that it does have a, a very large sort of outsized effect on yeah. libido. Um, yeah, I've seen that So um, I think really, though, the thing is that, you know, as relationships unfold, men too can start to move into a responsive desire mm -hmm. paradigm where it just takes more um, to be interested in sex. But I think a lot of men are expected to sort of be, are expected to A, initiate sex, B, sort of be these walking erections and mm -hmm. always be interested in sex. So I think a lot of men struggle um, under, the gen under the gender stereotypes around how men are supposed to function around sex. Absolutely. There's so many that they have to always want it and they have to know what to be doing. And then there is, yeah, they're ruled by their penises. And if it doesn't work or something goes wrong or they don't desire it, it's... Um... Right. It's exactly, which is why, again, I think part of the success of She Comes First was that it really created sort of a, a philosophy and sort of a foundation for, for having sex that doesn't just involve your penis. Right, exactly. I loved it. Okay, so um, I think that's my stocking stuffer for everyone. I just realized. Menace, I don't think I've given it to you yet, and you probably need it more than anybody. Oh, really? Yeah, you think for that? sure. Dude, no come on. Way. We've talked to you. Don't. Come on. We know what? you need it. This book, I just think it would help you. You don't have to read help that much. what? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure you're doing fine. Okay, so Ian, here's my other but question. But definitely I believe that the book can help a lot of people. Yeah, no, I it's, mean, it's your legendary. email box is full of people <laughs> that can use this book. I know. And I just say sometimes, I'm like, she comes first, you know, that close sentences mm -hmm. that way. I'm like, yeah, and the, the fun thing about she comes first, too, is um, I just want to add that it wasn't just like the philosophy. I really got into the techniques. I really got into sort of like oh, the yeah. sex scripts. I really got into the moves. I came up with a lot of like very creative oral sex techniques like the Jackson Pollock <laughs> approach. And, you know, I kind of tried to make it, you know, it's really fun and, de and, depth. and fun and clever. Yeah. That's what I, that's why I think it works. Cause it's not just like one of these fluffy books, but you get whatever you cut topic, you get into it. So it's like, you can't not learn from it. Like, so I love that. Okay. So here's my other, my next question is I'm curious about, so if we're talking about uh, women with all the beetle, for example, how, so, cause we, again, that's what we've been talking a lot mm -hmm. lately. And I'm curious, yeah. like what part, so if a woman's suffering from low libido, what part should or can her partner play in it? Cause I think a lot of times, like what's the constructive behavior? Cause women think I got to go it on my own. Like, what do you recommend? I know you're saying like together well, they should do it, but yeah. Like, so mm -hmm. I think I, you know, so we talked a little bit about the differences between, you know, responsive desire and spontaneous right. desire. We didn't talk too much about like the dual control model or the fact that the sexual brain really is sort of yes. like a car. It has an accelerator. That's like all the things that turn you on and uh, breaks, which are all the things, inhibitors, which are all the things that turn you off. And I think that men 
So coming back to this concept of responsive desire and arousal, I think that men can really be the leaders um, of helping to generate arousal in the relationship. And so that can be, um, that, can, that can come up in, in a lot of different ways. First, it could be sort of saying, well, what are the inhibitors uh, that my partner is facing in terms of getting aroused. So maybe it's like a lot of chores or things or worries or stressors or kids or things that are happening outside of the bedroom. A guy can first of all help by helping a woman to kind of get her foot off those sexual breaks and reduce those inhibitors. So that's one thing that he can do. The second thing I think is kind of put together um, like a little arousal plan, you know, for, um, you know, for example, um, there is a really cool product out there called Fiera that oh, I like a lot. I was just going to ask and, you about that. I'm so glad you do. Okay. Right. Love it. Tell me what yeah, you think of it. Yeah. yeah. So what's that? Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. I, I love, we love well, it. I think it's, what's it incredible. First of all, I think like, 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 I think we're living in sort of the renaissance and the golden age of like sort of like sexual products and Fiera to me is sort of the epitome of it in that it's really innovative, it has great technology and it's beautifully designed and it does something really unique. So basically this is a product, it's um, um, you know, a small sort of, I don't even know how to describe yeah, it, it's sort like of a- like a small cute little it's cute um, it yeah. looks almost like a tight like a, a small version of a mouse that you would use yeah. on a computer but like a cute, exactly uh-huh. but like a cute little mouse like a pink little mouse with like little legs yeah, and you just like kind of cuddle cute, with you it's like a cute pink little mouse <laughs> that a woman sort of puts over her clitoris and it forms like a seal using suction right and she turns it on and there's a combination of sort of um suction and vibration, which provides a high level of, um, well, it provides, it provides sort of a base level of stimulation mm-hmm. that helps bring blood um, forward towards the clitoris while providing stimulation, and it really helps to create um, high levels of arousal. Right. Um, Unlike a sex toy, it doesn't lead to orgasm. It's not designed to lead to orgasm. It's just designed to sort of generate the arousal that will lead to responsive desire. So I often um, recommend to men that they buy a product like Fiera um, for their partners. And, of course, you know, guys are like, I love the idea of it. I think it's really cool that if she could do this for 10 or 15 minutes and be more in the mood, it's awesome. Um, how do I sort of give her this as a present? Is, right, um, how, right, exactly. You know, like, hey, honey, right. Well, it looks like a cute little mouse yeah, hey, little honey, clitoris cuddler, like... but it's going to cuddle with your clitoris and turn you on. But, right, how? what do you say to them, though? I think it's just wrap it in a diamond or something no (laughs) well you know emily so first of all i do think that men need to understand the concept behind a product like fiera Mm -hmm. they need to understand the difference between spontaneous and responsive desire they need to be able to tell their partner like you know honey i find you so sexy like when you come out of the shower or when you're just bending over to put some dishes in the dishwasher believe it or not i am thinking sex (laughs) and i'm ready to go that's me and, and I've learned, you know, that women don't exactly work that way um, and that women need arousal in order to feel that kind of desire. So I'm all about you feeling aroused. And I want to do things that are going to create arousal. I want to 
dance with you. I want to talk to you. I want to have fun conversations. I want to share a fantasy. I want to make out with you. Um, I want to bring some fun stuff into the bedroom. So, like, hey, let's get some sexy lingerie or let's get a sex toy. Here's this really cool um, little gizmo, this yeah. cute little gizmo that I've been reading about. And, you know, you don't make it about fixing right. a problem. And you don't necessarily even make it the only part of the solution. You make it sort of a multi-part solution of which Fiera can really be one one big part of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Part of an overall arousal plan. Yeah. But I think the big thing is that it's not just like, here, honey, use this, go get turned on. Right. You know, that's, that's the mistake. Guys, really, you know, once I explain, that's why sex therapy is so wonderful, because I get to do the psychoeducation, and I get to explain things to guys, the principles behind things. And just like she comes first, once they understand the principles, they can use their own imagination and creativity to put it into action. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect for this. You're right. I'm thinking they could, like, I'm thinking about, like, you know, people get this after the holidays, though, but you could really wrap it up like it's not just the Fiera, but it's like the Fiera and maybe a toy and some laundry. It's like a little sex kit you put together, you know? So, absolutely. And, yeah. You know, buy, buy, a, buy the device, get some massage oil. Yeah. So fun. I mean, I, and we lo- I love the pairing, pairing. It kind of reminds me of like my Bluetooth, you know, but it's like pairing to my clitoris. <laughs> and it vibrates. Metis, you'd love it if you had a clitoris because he's such a tech guy, but yeah. I, I wish I could show you Bluetooth how it works. It. it literally is like pairing and it's like <laughs> sucking on your clitoris. You'd love it. Oh my God. Um, but no, it's pretty amazing. And I've never heard of, I've never seen anything like it. We've all tried it in the office um, often. And I realized the more that I use it, it actually is getting me more turned on. Sex is more top of mind. It's fun. I'm glad you like it too. Yeah, that's you know that's great. I- and what I, what I really like about it, too, is it's sort of the perfect combination of um, suction and vibration to really create um, arousal without it um, taking you over the edge into needing to have an orgasm right away. So I really think it does what it sets out to do, what it was designed to do, which is to create the arousal that will lead to desire. Right. You're right. It's a good, good missing piece. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Ian Carter. This is well, just time, Emily. one of the, this is your first time on the show, but we've been talking about it for a while. I just want you in here so we could do like a six hour show. I mean, no pressure, but it could even be an I hour. I just have so much to talk to you about <laughs> next time you're in LA or I'm in New York. We're going to do it. I would love it. Okay. And let's, think, let's, think, let's make a date. Okay. And everyone can find, uh, Ian Carter. It's at good in bed across the board. Yeah, I would go to my website, iankerner.com. Okay, iankerner.com. Great. Check out his book. Uh, we have that. We also have the links to all of his stuff on our website. And thank you so much. I will see you soon, and happy holidays. Thank you. You too. Happy New Year. Happy New thank Year. Thank you. Bye, Ian. Bye. Bye. Very he's informative. Awesome. I know he's he so talk. he's so cool. Like I love him. Yeah. Like we've had lunch in New York. Like I'm just like oh god, and he's just like a cool, chill, down to earth guy who's kind of brilliant in this area. That's Very awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, you like him, and he likes the Fiera, which I should show it to you, but it's mm-hmm. the coolest. Like literally, it's like pairing, pairing, and when it pairs to your clitoris for the suction, it's like the light turns blue, and he's like you can like walk around. Technology, like, so, man. So cool, man. Okay, so that was awesome. Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back. We're going to. Uh, We're going to read your emails, answer emails, and change your life. We'll be right back. When listeners ask me about how to change things up in the bedroom, a lot of times they mention that they always wind up having sex in the same position. They want to know what else they can try. And the truth is, some of the most exciting positions can be difficult to stay in for extended periods. You want the payoff of an amazing orgasm for all your hard work, 
but it's not always easy to do. Enter Sport Sheets. Sport Sheets has made sexual positioning one of their top priorities, and frankly, no one does it better. One of their star players is the Door Jam Sex Sling. The name kind of says it all. It's a strong nylon sling that hangs from almost any door. One partner is suspended in a comfortable seat with their legs held up by the stirrup straps. This gets your partner in the perfect position for upright sex with you standing in front of them, or vice versa, opening up all new possibilities for more pleasure. If it sounds complicated, trust me, it isn't. We just shot a short video demonstrating it. Check it out at sportsheets.com Emily. The Door Jam Sex Sling is totally safe, very comfortable, and easy to use. It creates a whole new level of control and pleasure. In fact, it's so comfortable, we have one hanging on the door of our studio now. Sometimes we just hang out in it, read, answer emails, you get the picture. To see me demonstrate the sling and to order one for yourself, visit sportsheets.com slash Emily. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-H-E-E-T-S dot com slash Emily. And use code Emily at checkout to save 20%. All right, Menace, guess what? What? Time for emails. Yeah. Because I know you love them. I love them too. You guys, you've been so awesome. We are getting so many great emails. Um, as you know, we've been doing more call-in shows lately. So you just go to sexwithemily.com. You click on the Ask Emily uh, tab. And you fill out the form tab. That was very Michigan. Fill out the form and hit submit. So easy. But now you have an option call would you like to be called check that box if you would like us to hit you up and uh, set up a time to be called and then we'll you'll call into the show mm-hmm. we'll answer question live which is so fun for us you could also leave us a voicemail you guys a few of you have done it i love the voicemails as well it just gets away from just reading the emails which i love but it's kind of nice to hear your voice 818 ask swe1 uh 818-275-7931 this is on the website so just do that and as always we love your Age, where you live, how you listen to the show. Yes. Okay. Hi, Emily. My husband and I love to listen to your podcast as we recently had sexual awakenings and have rejected sex shaming that was taught by our upbringing. We feel like we're finally getting educated about our sexuality and experimenting more openly with each other. I love that he's a feminist and always respects me as an individual. That being said, my question for you has to do with sexual dominance. I would love to be tied up, pushed around, roughed up in the bedroom. Problem is that this is not at all natural to my dear hubby. In fact, the one time when he spanked me hard at my request, he looked like a hurt puppy and kept apologizing, (laughs) even though I liked it. I know this stems from his deep love and care for me and trust. I appreciate that so much. But how can I encourage him to be more dominating? I don't want him to ever feel uncomfortable, and I want him to be able to enjoy it too. So do you have any ideas that would satisfy my desire to be dominated without making him feel like he's hurting me? Thanks so much for your help. Love, Lizzie, 23, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. not Missouri. I just did yeah, what people yeah. do to me with the Michigan thing. <laughs> it's I'm fine. like, oh, wait, Menace is on in Missouri. Uh, um, but it is, oh, I have some, uh, I have uh, some You have some Minnesota in, info? In Minnesota, and they were just posting online today how cold it is oh it's seven degrees in michigan so wait let me just finish one thing from lizzie because she did a ps lizzie you're a true listener because i love this ps i like i know you like the details here's some specs you guys everyone learn from lizzie she says married four years we're we were each other's firsts we have sex four to ten times a week well that's a lot that's great uh ten times a week we like mutual masturbation with porn both from conservative religious families, recently had sexual awakenings, in quotes, and rejected mm-hmm. sex shaming that was taught by our upbringing. Okay. Thank you for that, Lizzie. 
uh, love it. Okay, so here's the thing, Lizzie. This is a great question, and I have to say, um, here's here's some steps I think you need to walk through. First, you have to understand that telling a guy like dominate me or you know do something that's aggressive is a really confusing message for men, given the stereotypes, the social stereotypes that men are put up against, you know, from a young age, they're told respect women, you know, you need consent, you know, they're, they want to be the protectors of women, they don't want to bring them any harm or pain, and then all of a sudden, here's a woman who's like, dominate me, throw me against the wall. So it kind of flies in the face of everything they've learned. So it can mm-hmm. be very confused to some men. Yeah. They have guilt, they have shame, they're like, this isn't normal for me mm-hmm. to be aggressive with a woman like this, you know, because men, uh-huh. I think a lot of men, when they're with women, they're like, oh, we still worried they're going to like, you know, hurt her or do something, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't want to be like seen as creepy or weird, you know, it's yeah. like this ingrained in their system from the time they're young. So that's one thing. So I think how we can help him along here, Lizzie, is for you, I would just get clear on exactly what your fantasy is, okay? So you say you want to be dominated, but that's like a huge umbrella. So like, how would you like to be dominated? Do you want to be spanked, tied up? Like dirty talk, you know, do you have certain fantasies? Do you want to use props, you know, floggers, uh, handcuffs? You know, like, do you want to throw you against the wall, tear your, clo- tear your clothes off? Uh-huh. So all of these fall under that umbrella of domination. So it could be clear that he could be that he doesn't even know exactly what you want and maybe you don't. So once you figure it out and you guys can figure it out together, I love that you guys watch porn together. So pick out some porn scene that depicts how you'd like to be dominated. You know, maybe you have some fun looking for it. Some BDSM, light BDSM, you could be that, babe. That's that's what turns me on, you know? Um, because again, it is very confusing for men. So maybe if you give them a little more, you know, redirection, like you're not going to rewire the entire male consciousness, but you can show him how turned on you get from his banking, how turned on you get when he like, you know, Throws you against the wall. You know, if he sees a connection between his actions of turning you on, um, you know, it, he's going to get He's like, oh, wow, this is so hot that I'm able to bring you pleasure. And hopefully he'll be able to build, like, new grooves in his brain that will just kind of, he'll take away that shame and that confusion and just be able to dominate you. It's a teaching thing. It is. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, the, the only infor- the information I was going to share about uh, Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. uh, a friend of mine posted online said that it's 23 degrees, uh. with partly cloudy, with wind conditions, uh, with a chill of minus 17 degrees. So they should be inside like banging like crazy. I know. You know? Well, that's why they're banging so much. No, it's so true. My mom's like, I'm dying. She called me today. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's so cold. Hasn't she been there like mostly her whole life? Yeah, but right? now she goes to Florida half the year. So she's oh, going to Florida she's, on Friday. She yeah. goes to Florida. Yeah, she's going she's, to Florida on Friday. Yeah, I'll probably see her. I'm where going, are you going to Florida. Oh, Disney World. Land? Uh, land. I don't even know where I'm. Oh, going. you're because you're taking a cruise. You're probably yeah. going to Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, and I am going to Orlando. Mm. Where's she at though? She's in Sarasota. I have no idea where no, that is. No, you wouldn't know, but it's a cute little town. She mm-hmm. likes it there. I she's really want to go to the Florida Keys and check that. That's out. That's fun. Yeah, Florida's fun. It is. It's like hot. Everyone always bags on it because all these crazy stories come out of Florida. But look how big the freaking state is. It's a huge state. There's a lot of different places. It's quirky. It's kitschy. It's Americana. Um, Okay. Another email here. Dear Emily, my name is Rob. I'm 51 and live in Indiana. I've enjoyed your show for several years and enjoy the topics and discussions between yourself, Anderson Menace, and the rest of your wonderful staff. I'm writing to you today concerning a concern. 
Recently, I lost my job of eight years. It all boiled down to the powers that be did not appreciate illness and other things due to my age. Of course, there wasn't. That wasn't the official reason. And since then, I've experienced an increasing rise in the need to masturbate or have sex with my wife. The thing is, even with masturbating or having sex more than a few times a day, I'm not feeling any elation or pleasure. I have the enjoyment while in the act, but afterwards comes a feeling of nothing, just a feeling of Mm -hmm. trying again. I do want to note that previously my drive was totally normal. Let me know what you think. Thanks, Rob. Wow. Wow, I know. So, Rob, this is interesting because this is like exactly what Ian was saying, and I've said this on the show, is that many times that when a man... I was we're trying to pinpoint the differences between like what like what affects women's libido and men, and like Ian said, I totally agree. For men, it's like loss of job security; it's tied to their self esteem. So right now, I think you're probably feeling a little depressed. I mean, that would make sense that you you lost your job. There's no explanation for it, um, and you're trying to use sex to kind of placate you or numb that feeling that you have from losing your job, but it's not working. You know. And so mm-hmm. it just, it's not going to work because you need to like get into, you need to actually experience the emotions and all the masturbation and all the sex in the world are not going to help you go through the grieving process of the job and just whatever sadness you're feeling. Because the sooner you do that, the quicker you'll get to the other side and get through it and then figure out what's next, you know, but it's, you know, we all go through these cycles of being down, depression. Um, so, uh, you know, again, you're not alone when men feel stressed about work money. Like it literally has a direct switch to the libido. They're like, ah, I'm worried about money. Libido. Uh So I would just say, Rob, that just maybe just kind of take a break from the set. Don't like keep looking for this to be the, 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 your salvation. I think you need to take some time and get into your feelings, thoughts, emotions. Okay, Rob, hang in there. You got a wife, lovely wife. You guys could talk a little therapy. Never hurt anyone. Easy. Easy. Okay. Next email um, we got. Hi, Emily. For as long as I can remember, I've had a true love of women's feet. This is for you, Menace, because I know you love yeah, No, I just want to understand it. That's well, here what we go. I'm always trying to understand. I know you are, honey. So long. Um, I've had I've loved women's feet so long. Um, I like that they're well cared for and attractive. I've never thought of this as an unhealthy appreciation for a part of a woman's anatomy that can be quite lovely. Obviously, with all the money that goes into pedicures, foot care in this country each year, women must also agree with my philosophy. Here's my question, Em. Why do you think that foot appreciation still gets a bad rap and has looked at some as being weird and kinky? I truly just don't get it. In my book, it's no different than appreciating a woman's legs, bottom, breasts, yet it still seems to be a topic that is made fun of and joked by many. I'd really like your thoughts on this. I realize I'm probably older than some of your listeners, but that does not squelch my appreciation <laughs> for the beauty that women bring to the table. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, Emily. Love your show. Scott, 59, in the United States of America. Scott. So he might have a foot fetish. He might not. He just says he really loves feet. But I think this is a great question, Scott, because to be honest with you, with all the goddamn money I've spent on pedicures, I would love, like, never, no guy's ever been like, wow, is that, like, fire engine red nail polish? That's so hot. No guy's ever, and I have nice feet. I'm not having weird feet. They don't appreciate it. So I would not be, like, freaked out if a guy noticed it, but... But I think what you're talking about is like even incorporating into sex. Like, why is that so weird? And I think the reason why there is a stigma about like foot, like foot fetishism and stuff is because we, I think we have an image in our mind of men worshiping women's feet at the expense 
of all other intimacy. Like they just want the feet. Mm. They just want him to like step on his head with the heels or he wants to rip, you know, he wants to lick down her leg and take the stockings off with his mouth. I don't know. And I agree um, that it's part of the whole process of appreciating to be turned on by a woman's beauty and there shouldn't be a stigma. I'm telling you when a guy has like on the rare occasion, like not even complimented my feet, but like played with my feet or give me a foot massage or like sucked my toes after a shower. Don't get grossed uh-huh. out. I knew Menace was going to say something. No, but I, I think it's hot. Like it feels good, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious if you're asking about the stigma that's coming from the woman you're with or to society in general. So women, I think, you know, they might just not be used to a guy taking so much interest in their feet because it's just, again, not so familiar. So... With a new woman, I wouldn't just jump. Hopefully, just like a new a guy who just jumps into like, hey, let's just have sex. I'm like, appreciate my breasts. Let's make mm-hmm. out for a while. So I think you got to go slow with anything. Like you don't want to just yeah. dive to the feet. But I don't know why. It's it's interesting because the feet are something that we also look at as a lot of people look at as like weird or ugly or smell. Like people have issues with feet. Uh-huh. Do Definitely. You, do you? I don't have... Uh... No issues with feet, but... I mean, if if they are not well kept, then yes. Do you notice that though? Like, do you I do like... notice it. Yeah, they're not well kept. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I definitely do noticeable. Yeah. Right. It is, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think foot fetish. Yeah, it just has like, this weird. It's been like this image we have in our society. But I think I you're do cool. notice also if a woman has the same size feet as me. <gasps> really? Do they ever? Do you have small feet? No, I have ten and a half. Standard. What's that to women's weight though? I don't know what okay. that is, but <laughs> I do, I would do I do recognize Women, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but you're not like I don't know. I know a lot of I'm guys. I'm like, oh, she has quite a large foot. Right, but that's my but that's my I, take on it. I mean, I get there's a whole. Theory it doesn't give around. me a bone or anything. Right, I got it. Um, okay, so that's what I think there, uh, Scott. I wouldn't I mean that's my answer. That's what I think. Don't trip on it. Have some fun with the feet. Yeah. That's all we got time for here. That's it. That's it, man. It's Happy so holidays, nice everyone. I know. I love I you all. Everyone has a good time. Uh, you know, hook up, have a lot of sex, stay in the house uh, the holidays, or do whatever, have fun, but yeah. just always be safe. There's always be Uber, safe. Lyft, yeah, Uber. taxi. Exactly. All that stuff. And um, I love you all. Thank you for supporting the show. For our, We're heading into our 11th year. And um, Menace can find, God, check out his show. Tell, if you have even one friend in Minnesota. Minnesota? No. Missouri? Missouri. St. Louis. damn it. St. Louis. Let, ch- check out The Woody Show. If you're in Los Angeles, check it out. Support them. Thank you. It's at Menace across the board. Yep. That's me. And uh, find us also, you guys. I love it. Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. It's all at Sex with Emily. Subscribe to the newsletter. And now download Google Play SoundCloud, Spotify. Shop with Emily. We've got a great store. Um, I love you all. Happy holidays. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Was it good for you? Email me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. Something about the fall that makes me feel like cuddling up with an old friend. And hey, you guys may have some fond memories too. Yes, I'm talking about the Intensity by Pourmois. The Intensity is an amazing product that has made a serious impact on my life. Let me rewind a bit to explain. The Intensity was originally developed as a medical device to cure, yes, cure incontinence issues. You know, like you sneeze and you pee. Because these issues typically stem from a weakened pelvic floor, the intensity works by applying gentle electrostimulation directly to that muscle group, giving you an amazingly effective Kegel workout. 
And you all know how I feel about Kegel exercises. And for a little plot twist, the makers learned that the product's only real side effect was an intense orgasm. So realizing the intensity was a winning combination of utility and pleasure, they enhanced it with a powerful vibration and a clitoral stimulator. The result, much more than a sex toy. It's a product that has changed my sex life. I mean, G-spot orgasms, anyone? The intensity combines two things I love and talk about all the time, Kaggle exercises and orgasms. To find out how it can change your sex life, click on the intensity banner on my website or go to pormoi.com. That's P-O-U-R-M-O-I.com.